RadioInfluence.com. Welcome to another edition of The Rock Stops Here. How did my guest make it to the top? What is his top? What's your top? Pat Donovan, 620 WDAE, 95.3 FM in Tampa Bay, is the midday show host, co-host with his best friend, Aaron Jacobson. Can you imagine having a gig that you love? You've waited years. Never say die. Always, always, always keeping positive that one day you would get your own show in Tampa Bay, in Tampa, Florida, on the number one sports station, on a big audience, strong, strong station, and getting your own show and getting to do it with your best friend. That's the story of Pat Donovan. To me, that's the top. You know, it's not New York. It's not L.A. It's not ESPN National or Fox Sports Radio National Show or whatever. This is Pat Donovan's top. Now, he still has some more goals that he would like to achieve. Uh, you'll hear about it in this podcast. I got some stories I'll hit you up on after uh, we, 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 we wrap this bad boy up with Pat Donovan. Uh, but... I got to give him credit, man. And I saw this from the beginning. He was a board op for me uh, back in the day. He did his own thing at a smaller operation in town. And he got to DAE and he just kept plodding along. His wife, he was married seven years, seven years. She carried him uh, because he wasn't making much money. And she was still supportive of him in his goal to try to get on 620 WDAE. It was called the Sports Animal at the time, I think. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe that was past that. But anyway, so without further ado, all right, Pat Donovan, midday co-host, beautiful Tampa Bay, Florida, a kid from Massachusetts, moved to here, down here in Florida, to be able to get on the radio, and he did it. He did it. It's a great story a perseverance. Where do you hear it? As a matter of fact, let's hear it. Pat, talk to us. Ah, Pat Donovan, you have made it to the top. I know that your goal was always to have your own show in Tampa Bay. You add on your best friend. Life is pretty good, Pat Donovan. How you be, my man? Life is very good, Rock. I appreciate it, man. And yeah, I didn't really want to stay in Tampa when I moved here. My goal, I thought I hated Florida because I hated it in fourth grade, right? And you know everything in fourth grade. Um, but I, I didn't want to stay here long. I wanted to get some experience in radio and, and then kind of move on. And then, and I remember sitting next to Dick Crippen at Rays games and he would explain to me how he could never leave for another market. And I always thought he was crazy. And then I became Dick Crippen. Not as good as Dick Crippen, but I get it now because I never want to leave either. No. <laughs> welcome, 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 welcome. We got right into it. We started right away, right away. No, in all seriousness, um, I know you and behind the scenes and, you know, a lot of people come here through here in Tampa Bay, media people. They're on their way to go somewhere else. Some stay. But it just seemed like to me that once your mind was made up, and we'll get into how you really, really started, but you were at a smaller station in town, and then you were you were you were out. Were you out, or did you go right from there to here for a board opposition? No, yeah, in between the two radio gigs, I was a partner. You'll remember now running into me. Tampa Live Sports doing live streaming high school, mostly high school and low level college sports around Tampa. But what I was just getting into is when you got this job here, you were married. Yeah. It doesn't pay much. It's a, it's a board op. It's a producer, but it is the number one sports station in town. And at the time there were two, but DAE had everything and the years were going on. And I remember saying, man, Pat, you know, you, you can go over there to Bruce Maduri. You know, they're looking. You can probably make, the, you know, full-time salary. And you always said no. And I was like, but to go on the air full-time compared to producing and maybe filling in? And, man, you stayed the course and got the full-time gig. To be fair, 
if we're being honest, I may have taken that opportunity had it been somewhere else or with someone else. No offense to the Midori family, but the, the way that things were run over there were a little different than I, I wanted to necessarily deal with. And, and I knew some of the things that I had seen when I worked there part time. I knew the way things went there a lot of times, as you eventually went on to learn, like a lot of people, right? Like we, yes. we all seem to have gone through yes. there and learned that yes. lesson that it's not a great place to be. And if it was, if there was even a better atmosphere or I felt like I would have gone somewhere where I was supported, I may have done that to get the opportunity sooner. But knowing the way that place was run and seeing when I got here, the way that things were run here, I said, man, if it's going to be in this market, it's going to be for WDAE. I compare it if we're talking sports and we're talking football, NFL, it's I would compare it to an undrafted free agent that might have had a chance to get on the field somewhere smaller, but this was the NFL and damn it, you were going to put in your time until you got it and you got it. And I want to get into, yeah, when you got the call and all this and how you're doing now, but was there ever a time, I, I, I think five years or so, maybe almost seven there you, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Seven years. And again, you got a wife, you're, you, you know, you're a grown man, you're in your passion, but was there ever a time where it started to waver you're in your mind or no? Not that I'd be doing this, but maybe that I'd be doing it here. Um, what a lot of people don't know is probably six months before we got the promotion to middays, I was told by someone here very high up that it likely wouldn't be me. That if I wanted to be a full-time host, I probably would have to go to another market. And they were just being honest with me. And oh, I, couldn't I had that so many times early on in my career. Uh, yes. Yeah. And it was, it was just, hey, that looking at the landscape of what we have, where we're going, Honestly, they told us, hey, when, when we make the next move, you know, uh, unfortunately, with Steve passing away, when we reset the lineup. Steve Dumig, by the yeah, way, was you. sports talk and yeah. afternoon drive for many, many years. And he recently passed away. But go, go ahead, Pat. Yeah. And good. Thank you for sure. I should have sure. I should have mentioned who that. Yeah. When Steve, you know, when Steve Dumig passed away, it was kind of like, hey, you know, when we reset the lineup, we don't want to reset the lineup for a year or two. Right. Like this is we want to we want to make a move for the long term. And the reality is with some of the other people we have, some of the experience that they have, some of these things, it probably won't be you. And again, that person was just doing me a favor and let me know, hey, if you really want to be a full time host, you might want to look at another market. So at that point, I started to think that that was probably going to be a reality because I didn't think we'd be we'd be granted this opportunity. And when what was this five, six years in? Was this right up until you close to when you got this? Uh, this was probably six months before we got the promotion. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you get they. So how did that go down? And did they hire you first before your best friend? Aaron no, we found Jacobson. out at the same time. Oh, the same yeah, time. We found they found decided out, to do yeah, that. He found out minutes before I did. Actually, they made him go out the back door so he wouldn't tell me. <laughs> yeah, when we got the promotion, they were like, "You can't tell him. Go out that way so we can come in. We can bring him in and tell him." Um, but, what was it like? It's like oh. getting the call that you're going to the Super Bowl champs, man, and you're going full time with your own show. Yeah. And you mentioned it. I was here part time, almost seven years, Rock. And I was at a point where I had been told if you really want what you want, it's probably not going to be here. So I had and I had written a letter to management here about Chris Sektig, our regional manager, and about Tommy Chuck, who is our director of programming here. Vice, vice president of programming, I'd written a letter to their boss, Linda Bird, and said, hey, I just want you to know these two guys are building an atmosphere in Tampa that is amazing, and they're just doing an exceptional job. And I'm telling you this as somebody who was just told he's probably not going to get the job he wants in Tampa. I'm probably going to have to leave Tampa, but I just want you to know how I feel about these two men and the job they're doing. I mean, because it was just it was the kind of place where I knew I wanted to be here, even though I thought that I wouldn't. So, you know, just months before I'm saying almost saying goodbye to the to the market. I'm telling people in oh, charge, I hey, these no people idea are doing a great job. Close. Yeah. No um, idea. Um again, I wasn't necessarily actively looking right away, but I knew that when the lineup was reset, if I wasn't full time, even if that might if that might be as a producer, that I was going to have to leave the market. Right. Like it's it, like it's that lineup for years. It's been yeah. like that whether it's TV on the air or radio. Somebody's going to have to pass away. That's what you would always say. Yeah. All right. So you knew. So you knew. So here's a guy that grew up outside of the Boston 
uh, in, yeah. I know in Massachusetts. Yeah, kind of near Cape Cod. Oh, yeah. kind of near Cape Cod. And I, we are going to get into that day. I love the stories when you get the word that they tell you what you've been working for. We'll get to that. But I got to get a little background. You grew up in Massachusetts. When did you know you wanted to be on air? Was it either play-by-play play or a show? And was it uh, was it going to be Boston? Did, were you listening to the Boston stations? I did when I lived up there, right? Because it was WEI was the only game in town, really. There was another one that didn't really come in too well and, you know, kind of like today. But now they have a major competitor up there in Boston as well. But I actually interned for WEI. Um, I interned for their Providence station. They started a Providence station to get an FM stick. I was basically handing out T-shirts. And eventually I was like, hey, how about a job? <laughs> and so they sat me down. Um, I was nice enough. To, they were nice enough to, you know, put me in, in the room with the right people. And uh, one of those people said, Pat, you want to be talent, right? And I thought, yeah. Hey, wow, they're going to make me talent. <laughs> he goes, Pat, you want to be a host, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> he said, well, this is Boston. So if you want to be talent, this is a podcast. I can say whatever I want. huh?" Yes, you better believe it. <laughs> he said, if you want to be talent. You better move to Buttfuck, Wisconsin. And if you do a good job in Buttfuck, Wisconsin, then maybe you can get into a top 50 market. And if you do good in a top 50 market, then you get into a top 20 market. And if you go to and, and, and he you know, laid it out and he goes, and then after several steps, right, then if you're pretty good, maybe we can talk about a shot in Boston. And I went, oh, shit. <laughs> like, what's, what's next now? Because I, re- I realized at that time that the only real radio station close by that did what I wanted to do was not going to be a reality for me anytime soon if I wanted to be on the microphone. Were and that's you, when I started looking were around. You still in, were, you, were you going to school at all? Were you out of school at this point? How old were you about at this point? So I was 24, 25-ish. Okay. I was okay. in broadcasting school. I didn't go to college. I gotcha. wasn't smart enough for college. Gotcha. Um, so I was in broadcasting school, and I did. I interned while I was actually still in school there because almost one of our first days, they were like, who wants to intern for EI? And I was like, Oh, are you kidding me? Yes. Um, didn't realize I'd just be in Providence, just be handing out T-shirts. I think the closest thing to radio that I did as an intern was like write some copy for a promo, which at the time I was like, whoa, look at me, you know, but I, you know, it really didn't get any real radio experience, which is why I, I interned again when I moved here over at Genesis. Okay. Now here you are. I'm assuming your wife now, you were not with her at this point. I was. You went with her. So, how did it come to be that you moved down here? And correct me if I'm wrong. When you moved down here, you did not have a gig in radio, did you? I did not. I like I said, I came down here again, and I internshiped a second. I, I did an internship for a second time uh, after doing the one up in Providence because I just didn't get enough experience, that and takes I, balls. I knew it that wouldn't takes- give me another job. Um, but it, to go back just a little further, yeah. my wife is the reason that I'm in radio. Um, I don't think I would be if not for my wife. We started, I, I met my wife when I was 15. Long story short, I told my mom the night I met her that we were going to be married. Um, I told my wife a couple days later, which scared the shit out of her because we were 15 years old. So it took me eight years just to get her to date me. But once we did start dating, it moved quickly because we knew we'd been, it, you know, it'd been eight years. I'd been telling her we were going to get married since I met her. So we, she knew if she said yes to any kind of relationship, it was going that direction. So the pillow talk one night, very early on, as a guy who had delivered pizza for six years in Massachusetts, uh, we were doing the pillow talk one night, and she said, hey, what's your plan? And I thought, I don't know, maybe steak and chicken, broccoli, Alfredo, that sounds good tonight. You know, I don't know what I'm going to eat. And she's like, no, 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 like, what's your plan? And I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to have a plan? I'm 23 years old. I'm supposed to have a plan? And she's like, I don't really want to marry a career pizza delivery guy. And I went, shit, what am I good at? (laughs) Nothing, right? So- that's what led to me going to broadcasting school. Sorry, I've been with my wife. Uh, we started dating in 2000. We've been married for 16 years now. That's amazing. Um, so she's man. the one who got me That's into. amazing. You are consistent. Chase something, right? And uh, once I decided to, again, I, I got the internship up there. I was told, if you want to touch a microphone, you better move to Buttfuck, Wisconsin. And I went, okay, where am I going to go? And my mom just happened to be building a house in Wesley Chapel. She bought a big old plot of land with a trailer on it and they were building a house there and she goes listen if you want to go try florida because we were looking around if you want to go try florida and the Tam- you know tampa bay is there it's and you know, she didn't say this but yeah, I, yeah. I looked and i'm like okay it's a it's a pretty big market it's not tiny you know what i mean so maybe i maybe i'd get an opportunity there but maybe i wouldn't but 
she had this land and she's like, you can stay in the train. Again, I'm not making a lot of money at the time. She's like, you can stay in the trailer if you want to while the house is being built. We'd actually love somebody to be there to watch the property and everything going on there so that stuff's not stolen and everything. Perfect. I said, "Ah, I don't know. I don't like Florida. You know, my wife had always wanted to live here. And we were out in the driveway shoveling one day. It was one of the worst storms we'd had up there because near the Cape, you don't get as much snow as they do inland, right? So we didn't deal with a lot of it. But we had one of the worst storms we'd ever had up there. We were in the driveway shoveling. I looked around. I was like, okay, fuck it. Let's try Florida. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's how we ended up here. Wow. I'm just blown away yeah. because I knew you, but I didn't know you that good. And I didn't know the background story. All right. So you're down here. You're, you're, so what, what's happening? How did you get your foot Oof. in the door, man? I mean, it's bizarre it's how it started because we moved here. And, you know, even though we could stay in my mom's trailer and, you know, all this stuff. Like, we had bills to pay, and, and sure. I'm thinking, like, I can't just go to Florida and get an internship while my wife works and gets paid. Like, that's... I don't want to be a schlep. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm not going to just go get an unpaid... And, of course, in radio, they're unpaid internships, as, as they are in a lot of... Well, not anymore. We won't even do them anymore, thanks to people suing, right? Um, but I'm like, I can't do that. So I came here, and Rock, I'm not smart. It's not radio or brain surgery for me. It's radio like retail or something not, you know, again, I'm not super smart. So I'm not, maybe now I know enough people that I get a decent job. But at the time, like it was not, it was not good job opportunities. And again, but I thought I, I need to have a job. I can't just go be an intern. I totally get it. And I've I bounced in and out of some of the I dumbest understand. shit, man. There's just jobs in Florida like that, that, that don't exist other places. I, I took a job where they told me I was going to be a manager running my own building somewhere, right? And the next thing you know, when I show up the first day, they're asking me to sell perfume in the street, you know? And oh, and, and like one of those I bounced in and out of just yeah, one yeah, dumb yeah, thing yeah, after yeah, another. Yeah. And I was at dinner one night with my mom, I'm, I'm sorry, with my aunt and my wife. And I was miserable because mm-hmm. yeah. I was just, I knew I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't finding anything that even like challenged me mentally or made me feel like i like if i'm out selling perfume in the street i don't feel like i'm self-worth you know yeah, what i yeah, mean yeah, like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. i bounced in and out of some dumb stuff and we were at dinner one night and they were just like go get a fucking internship go get an internship to hell with, like we'll figure out the money right like just go get the internship start working towards getting in radio where well, you had support you had yeah. help man you had help Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> it's been a wild it's been a wild run oh my god so here you are like i said like i said um, this podcast, The Rock Stops Here, is those that have made it to the top. I still don't feel like I have Every, Rock. Okay, that's okay, that's and that's fine too. That's what I would that's fine too. Um it my point is a lot of people in this business, radio TV that I talked to, did a guy out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, 38 years he's been the sports director at that station. But he was like, you know what? We like living here. Then he had yeah. the family and the house and everything. And you keep getting another contract and it's not too damn bad. Then Al Dukes is a guy that produces the Boomer and Carton show. Oh, okay, oh no, yeah. Boomer and uh, Geo. Okay. Uh, Carton does have used to be Carton, yeah. WFAN. And he listened to a podcast because he used to be in this market behind the scenes. He worked under Jeff Ryan. He was over at ah. 1010, all this. And then he went to New York. Then he was... Uh, Ron and Fez show and blah, blah, blah. He did David Lee Roth and he had to produce that month thing that he knew wasn't blah, blah, blah. But he's been in when he listens to this podcast and he listened to a couple episodes with Whitney Johnson, who used to be in the market. He got back to me and Whitney's like, I've come to the conclusion that a media market. Now this can be considered a Tampa large market, but a media market, all the fun you had, we don't have that much fun. The high, sometimes the higher up you get isn't all what you what, what you yeah. think is cracked to be. So my point is, though, I just know how long you hung in there consistent. You used to wear, I remember, everywhere I saw you was 620 shirt, black shirt with the 620. He's been there seven years. He still wears a 620 shirt. And then to get the word that you and Aaron Jacobson have your own show middays on 620. What was that like? And did you have an inkling when they called you in? No, actually, <laughs> I don't know if I should tell the story, but I'm going to please stories. Podcast, we, please. I had the email um, that I had to come in for like a yearly review, which we don't always do here. If we're being honest. And I'm like, this this is stupid. And I, I was 
I, honestly, that morning I was bitching about it because I'm like, I got to go cover Bucks practice today. And now I got to go waste my time to go to the station for this, for this yearly review where we're going to go over some shit. Like nothing's going to like, I, I literally thought that nothing was going to happen. And then I got here and there was some movement going on and some things happening and people pulling me into rooms going, hold on a second. Things are going on. And I'm like, wait a second. What? You know, and uh, were, they unfortunately- you, were they tipping you off to lose the bad mood? Lose the bad mood? No, no, oh, no, no. Oh, 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 I thought um, they knew. And, like- no, it was, it was just that they that something was happening and it wasn't sure what it was, but it was like somebody's somebody's leaving. I'll say that we 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 somebody noticed somebody on their way out and just said, "Hey, this person's leaving," which to me was immediately a shock. Um, and then it was like, "Well, wait a second. If that's happening, then what else is happening?" Because we knew that something else was was coming for oh, sure. No. And I was like, "Well, okay." And then we found out that it was going to be Ian and Ron again. Ron and Ian were back, and Jay Retcher was going to be their producer. Now remember. At the time, Ron and Jay were doing stuff. And so when I said, wait a second, if Jay's their producer. And for you that are not in the Tampa market, they're talking about the afternoon drive show. Uh, that's what the scuttlebutt on this day is that Pat is talking about. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm yeah. Sorry. So it was like, we actually ended up in, in Jay's office and he said, well, Ron and Ian are back. And I'm like, whoa, what? You know? And he's like, I'm their producer. And I'm like, and right away I did the math based on the fact that somebody else was on their way out and thought, wait, well, then who's in middays? And I kind of had, at that point, I kind of went, oh, 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 oh. And then it was, hey, Aaron, come down the hall. Hey, Pat, come down the hall. And at that point, it, it kind of sunk in like, holy crap, this is happening. Okay, you got to give us the punch. But it you got to give us like the nowhere. story. You're being called up. What so, was the, well, you got to give us what's Yeah, so oh. again, they, they called Aaron. You know, we, we were in Jay's office, and then... Uh, John Moller, our program director, kind of came in and said, Aaron, come with me. And I'm like, all right. And then Aaron's gone. And he comes back and gets me. And I'm like, I knew they weren't firing Aaron. <laughs> Based on anything, <laughs> no matter anything else, just because of what he did and here. And Aaron Jacobs, you know, FLA. young guy, his yeah. buddy. And they had been doing like weekends or Saturdays, stuff like that. And getting a little following. He does 970 WFLA with this Jack Harrison, Ted, late Ted Webb. So he was doing a lot. For the corporation, that's a good thing in yeah. corporate world. So go ahead. In the moment, I, I like I could see you getting rid of me. I know you're not getting rid of Aaron Jacobson, right? So I didn't see Aaron. Then they, they brought me in the office uh, and and sat down and said, "This is your opportunity." And I didn't give a damn what the number was. Didn't care. Couldn't have cared less. Um, and it was awesome. It was. Uh, I didn't. Cry. I don't think I cried in the office, but I definitely cried when I got my car. Uh, I called my wife. I remember calling my wife and just saying, "Hey, is is this is this number okay?" And she went, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "They just gave us the midday show." <laughs> and it was it was definitely it was an emotional moment. Did she started sure, crying after too? years. I don't know. Can't remember. I can't remember. It was probably a blur. I did. I know. It I was did. a blur. I got. Sure. I got. I got. Oh super my god. Like, oh my god. Again, I thought just before that that I was probably going to be leaving, and I love it here. I don't want to leave ever. That's the thing. No, you are chamber of commerce for this area, for the sports teams, for everything. And that's something because you're you're a Massachusetts guy. I'm a recovering masshole. Yeah. <laughs> so you so you're doing this with uh, Aaron and you put all your effort, obviously, into that. But like you said, being in this business, you're still a relatively young man. And I know that you've always had a hankering and have dabbled in play-by-play. Am I right? You still have that fire oh, yeah. for play-by-play? I'm Listen, I'm at an age at 44 where I feel like I probably don't have the experience at this age to get, and I'm not going to rule it out, right? But to get that opportunity, I'm probably not in a great spot. Uh, I bought, You mentioned Jeff Ryan earlier in the show. I bother him all the time. And tell him I want to be the guy who replaces Gene Deckerhoff. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he's, you know, it's funny is he says, no, you don't. He goes, you don't want to be the guy who replaces Gene Deckerhoff. You want to be the guy who replaces the guy Not who replaces the Gene go, Deckerhoff. Yeah, right? but sometimes life doesn't, you know, timing. I look, I look at it like wait. this. Hey, man. Gene is a legend at the level where I will never be. And I'm totally cool with that, right? Because Gene, his name is on the booth, right? However, he's never being pushed out. I'll never push Gene out. I wouldn't want to, and nobody would let me, right? But if if you were pushed out, 
then I could see people being like, F the new guy. You know, I don't like the new guy because he's not Gene. But if he walks away on his own, he says, hey, I'm X years old, whatever he decides to hang it up, which he probably never will. Who knows? But if he does, you know, whenever Gene moves on, it's going to be because he either wants to or has to. Right. It's not going to be that he's pushed out. Right. Like so a I, Dick Vitale. Those yes. guys on that level, yeah. it's, it's on them. So I, Al I said, Michaels. You know, look, I understand that to an extent, but I also feel like I've, I, I've, I have a little bit of equity with Bucks fans, at least some of them. And because I wouldn't be pushing him out, I feel like they'd be giving me a little bit more of an open mind than if he's in the middle of his career and they go get the hell out, like happens to so many guys, and then I'm just the new guy. Also, I can take the hate if it comes. <laughs> you, you, yeah, good. You got experience. In, in the, not much. You guys got a lot of fans and goon squatters, and they're your, they're your fans. Okay, so what is it like to do a daily show with your best friend. Is there anything that is it like a marriage where he does annoy you and you oh, annoy yeah. him? Oh, God, all the time. If you listen, you know, we could kill each other sometimes. You know, we're like brothers. Uh, and there are times where I want to strangle him. And we're very different. You know, I'm 44. He's 31. <coughs> That's like a marriage. Yeah. Would you want your wife to be exactly like you? No. I always ask everybody. No, no. I want to have it different. So it is like that. You guys are uh, oh, yeah. Oscar and Felix. Or, we, get, uh, we, get the, we get the married couple thing all the time from people or the brother and sister or brother or whatever. Because we sound like we want to kill each other sometimes. And we do. <laughs> now that's awesome. Now during the pandemic, you guys broadcasted from uh, in his apartment yeah. in downtown Tampa. Uh, you know he's a bachelor, correct? Yep. And uh, so he's living the bachelor life. And uh, you know, hey, if you couldn't do it in the studio, that wasn't a bad way to be able to do it during the pandemic, right? It was actually a really cool way to do it. Um, as much as we both prefer being in the studio, there's just something about it. I agree. There's just something about it. It just feels Same like way. you're doing real radio yep. and it feels like you're not in a way doing it at Aaron's place um, or <laughs> anywhere else outside the building. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I thought we did some unique things. You know, we got some, some advice from one of our listeners. That's a chef on how to cook a couple things. And we did every Friday, not every Friday, but a lot of Fridays, we would do what we'd call goon squad kitchen and we'd cook something in the kitchen while we were doing the show or before the show and put it on Instagram and then talk about it during the show. Because, again, there were no sports to talk about. Right. So, you know, we, we right. found some unique ways to make the environment part of the show, um, which made it fun. Um, but also we were psyched to get back to, you know. All right. So now you're just rolling along. Things are going good. Um, is there any um, interest or drive to move bigger and out if that means outside of here or will it have to be an opportunity that you can be broadcasting from out of here in Tampa Bay? I guess that for everyone, there's an offer you can't refuse, right? Um, very happy here, um, but I'm not necessarily the most well-compensated guy in the building either. Um, and th there would be a level of a financial opportunity that maybe I couldn't turn down. Uh, and Aaron, I know, feels the same way. Uh, both of us are extremely motivated to keep the show together, no matter what happens. Because while we both feel very competent and very good at what we do and very confident in what we do, we also both believe, and we've heard from so many people, that we have a chemistry that is unique and, and special. And I think that while both of us are good broadcasters and can do it on our own, there will never be a Pat Donovan show or an Aaron Jacobson show that's better than the Pat and Aaron show. And that's, we both know that. That's interesting that so, you think that and I can see that, that's, yeah. that you know that. So we would, if the opportunity was so financially rewarding that we couldn't turn it down. But outside of that, this is it for me especially. Uh, and I think for Aaron too. Um, would you be content and happy if you ended up here for 30 years my goal you were a ted webb or i want jack to, harris I, I, i've or said for these. a while i would love to although i don't want to be solo yes i understand i'd love to be like steve Dumig. i'd love to be at wda for the rest of my career um if if i have my way that's what will happen um period it's just this is where i want to be i never thought i would fall in love with the city the way that i have uh, i got i got it freaking tattooed on my arm you <laughs> know I, I, I love 
Tampa in a way that I never imagined. And it's why, you know, I moved here thinking like I'll never become a Tampa sports fan. I'll always be a Giants fan. I'll always be a Mets fan. I'll always, you know, and and I have because I've fallen in love with this community in a way that I never even felt about my hometown. And that's I love the people I grew up with, but I couldn't care less about Wareham, Massachusetts, even though I love the people from there. So Tampa to me is just, it's become home in a way that even my original home never was. Isn't that something? Yeah. Let's leave on this. I always ask my guests, and I'm sure you get it a lot, for somebody that wants to get into this business, has a drive just like you did, what would be your best piece of advice, Pat Donovan? I, You know, I've been surprised over the years at how many people aspiring broadcasters reach out to me for, for this kind of advice. And I'm sure it happens to you and, you know, everybody in the business, but I just, it wasn't something I saw coming. You know, we've got a young kid that just interviewed here again, that I've been talking to him for four years, uh, lives in North Georgia, uh, drives all over Georgia, working for three radio stations just because he wants to be at WDAE so bad. You know what I mean? Um, and, and there's been several, and I've never seen anybody like him, but you know, over the years, several people that always reach out and I, I always basically just tell them the same thing. First of all, make sure you want it bad enough. Cause those seven years we talked about, you know, where my wife made all the money and, and, you know, every now and then would recognize like, Hey honey, <laughs> we need to make a living sooner or later. <laughs> you know, most um, of guys can, if yeah. you're in that situation. The vet, the, you know, the vast majority of guys I've met in this business in that situation have given up and have walked away and have said, I just, I can't make money, you know, or I can't, I'm not going to get there or, uh, you know, I've, I've heard, and I've heard that about me, right? I, I sat in this room that we're in right now with two guys going, dude, this is Tampa. You better move out of here if you want to get on the air. You're never going to get on the air here. <laughs> right in this building. I'm like, I work here already. <laughs> I work here. I got my foot in the door. They're like, oh, this is Tampa. You're not going to be on the air here. Like, so you hear that from people and you, you have to have that resolve. You know, I always say like, to me, one of the best things about this job is I've had the opportunity to be around greatness, right? Rock. I've had the opportunity, whether you're talking about athletes who have become professional athletes, or if you're talking about Ted Webb, who you mentioned, or Jack Harris, you mentioned, or Ron Diaz or Steve Dumick, I've, I've, I've been around the, the greats in this business and, and the people that have reached greatness. And I've noticed that whether it be professional athletes or the people in this business, the biggest difference between those people who reach greatness and the people who don't is the people who reach greatness didn't see another option. They didn't have a fallback plan. They were they, they There was no chance that they weren't going to succeed. They were going to do what they were going to do no matter what that took. And that's what I've seen from, again, professional athletes or people in this business, people who reach greatness, they all have this mindset of there's nothing else. This is what I'm doing. And they all have had that, that, that ability or that enough of that desire that all the things that get in your way, all the little hiccups, all the people who tell, tell you that you're not going to, or all the times you think you might not, all the little things, all the little opportunities to make more money doing something else, whatever it is, there's a lot of things that can make you go, nah, I, this ain't going to work. And for me, the, the biggest difference between the people who made it work and the people who didn't is the people who made it work never said this isn't going to work. And that's the attitude you better fucking have if you want this, man. You don't, don't try to get into radio if it's a maybe or a kind of want to or a, it better be the only fucking option for you. It better be that you don't think that there's any other way this i've told rock i told you earlier it's it's broadcasting a retail for me this is it this is the only thing i'm good at and i refuse to do anything else and to me i'm not i know i'm not great but the people that i've seen that have reached greatness that's the attitude they have and that's why i believe in myself maybe not that i'll ever be great or you know put in any class or whatever but just that i'm never going to do anything else because i won't i won't i just can't this is it for me that is the best piece of advice that I have gotten on all of the rock stops here. That's incredible. So far. Pat Donovan, thank you. Continued success. Love you, my friend. You know, I got to give Pat a lot of credit because there, I, I even would, was saying it back in the day when I would see that he was making, you know, hardly any money, an hourly wage as a board op. 
as a as a man that's married. See, when you're married, I've been through this way back. Uh, and when you're not working or not making much money and your wife is, and she's putting in a lot of hours, it causes conflict, usually, normally. And for his wife and mother-in-law to sit him down and say, don't worry about the money. We'll figure it out. Go get another internship when they move to Florida. How about that? What, what, how about that? And what I found real interesting is when I asked for the advice and he said that when he's seen these radio people uh, in the Tampa Bay area that made it, the Jack Harris's, the Ron Diaz, the Ted Webb's, the, you know, all these guys, they had no backup plan. And that's his, that's what he thinks. And that's his advice. If you really want it, there is no backup plan. You, there's nothing else. So I was dying to tell my wife that when I came home from taping, and I sure did. <laughs> because, you know, as a wife, normally, unlike Pat's, you know, that's, that's unusual. You know, when uh, I was at Bay News 9 for 18 years, 18 years, oh my God, you, know, you had great benefits, everything was done for you, you know, and oh my God, good, good salary I had. And then, I, and then you're out. You know, they didn't renew me. Okay. Didn't do anything wrong. Just, you know, spoke up one time about high school coverage and with a new guy that came in. That was not a good idea to do. Oh, you should stick up for yourself. Yeah, the one time I stuck up for myself and I, sh I shouldn't have done it. But anyway, anyway, that, you, you can't go backwards. Cannot go back. But it's funny. Emily would say, well, what's your backup plan? You got to have a backup plan. I'm like, God dang, I've been broadcasting. This is what I do. I like to interview people. I like to interview Go to games, practices, teams, uh, tell people what's going on. Like, th this is in me. This is me. What do I mean? A backup plan now? A new career now? And I was thinking about it and trying and this and that and blah, blah, blah. I remember years and years and years and years and years ago, my ex-wife, we had moved to Denver, Colorado. And we didn't have any kids or anything like that. It was the only other time that I was out of the business. I was at a national sports network, FNN. They were sold by CNBC. They dropped the sports programming on weekends. We're all out of a gig. That was the only other time that I was out. Fast forward 20-some years later, 25 years later, until this latest stretch, three, four, three years ago or whatever it was from Bay News 9. I had not been out of the business. And uh, even then, even then, we, we moved to Denver we were loving it. She got a job with the brand new Colorado Rockies, believe it or not, executive secretary to the general manager. It was an unbelievable gig. I, I, I couldn't find anything. I went to Channel 4, KCNC at the time. I went to the CBS affiliate. I even took a writing test for news. They even had writers back in the day in Denver, and I got an interview. And the guy goes, your, your resume is sports. You were a sport. You were a national sports reporter. Don't you think that if you get this job, you obviously ace the news writing gig. But I have a feeling that if we give you this news writer's job in the newsroom, you're going to want to be in the sports department. Am I right? And I was like, I'll give it my best here and because and, I need it again. And I'm like, nah. and, you know, and it was all over my face. I can't lie. I'm not a good poker player. And I was like, yeah, I probably, you know, sorry, this is not a sports job. You know what I mean? And uh, I started doing, just because I had to get a job, you can't stay home all the time. When you're married, you can't just sit home. And so I went to a, a part, uh, one of these places, like a temporary agency. And they said, blue collar, white collar. And I'm like, you know what, man? Blue collar. Because I've had blue collar jobs before I got in this business. I think that's why. I've had crappy jobs before I finally got in this business. And I know what it's like to just have a 10 o'clock break, lunch, after, the after get a bar pie, go to the bar, and you get up the next day. Everybody's miserable. I've had jobs like that. That's why I appreciate broadcasting so much. There's a lot of people that come out of college. They might get an internship. They get their first job, and they're kind of spoiled and sometimes bitching and moaning. I'm like, oh, my God, you haven't seen life when you hate your job. And hate it, hate it, hate waking up. I've had that a long, long time ago. And I remember being in Denver and my mother-in-law, 
she, God rest her soul, she has passed. My, this, is a, this is a prior marriage. And I remember she came to visit. They're like, what's your backup plan? What about car dealership? Sell cars. So-and-so can, you know, can get you a job. You come back to Tampa, Florida, so-and-so car dealership. I was like, I don't want to do that. I was thinking in the back of my mind. And if I didn't have that drive with no backup plan, it was going to be this or nothing else, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have had a successful broadcasting career. I wouldn't be where I am today. So there's something to be said by not having a backup plan or plan B. How about that? Pat Donovan is the first one that I've ever heard say that. And I know in the back of my mind, I was the same way. No, I got the bug. I know what I can do. I know I'm going to be good at it. And I'm not going to take no for an answer. And that's what I did. And look at where Pat Donovan is. Now, he has really got a lot of confidence, more confidence than I do. Because when he mentioned there that he really wants to be the play-by-play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, an NFL gig, those gigs are so hard to get. And he's not even doing play-by-play right now. Yet he is that confident. But he did stress. Only if the longtime voice, Gene Deckerhoff, retires on his own, Pat wants that gig. He doesn't want it if they push out Gene saying, you're too old, you lost it boom, then he wouldn't want the job then. But for him to have that confidence of wanting the gig of the NFL play-by-play when he hasn't done it, I mean, he's done some play-by-play, but he's not doing it now. I mean, that's confidence. He filled in one time uh, at the Tampa Bay Lightning for the public address announcer, Paul Porter, and he really hadn't done it uh, at that level, but he was very confident. He's very, very confident, even if he's not doing that job. That's pretty amazing. You know, I don't know where that comes from, but he's, he's got it. So, and he's a good guy. He put, he has put me on his show with him and Pat. Nobody else. It's been three and a half years now that I have been out from my full-time gig and, and nobody else has asked me to go on their show other than Pat Donovan. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not with anybody. Yeah, I was doing, you know, I was doing a show with Martin Gramatica on a smaller scale, but that's, that's, I'm a year out from that, you know, nobody, so Pat Donovan, I'm like, I am going to, I'm going to return that favor. He has been loyal to me. And that shows you that he's confident. He's not thinking that, oh, I'm trying to come in there to take his job. And he's put me on a couple of times and, and publicized my rock stops here. And I said, you know what? I am going to return that favor. That's how that goes. It's like if you go into a bar and a guy buys you a drink, the common courtesy is you send a drink back over. You don't just take the drink and then don't give them a drink back. That's just common courtesy. Now, I will tell you this, and I'm, I hopefully will be able to return this favor. I went to Hogan's Hangout. That's Hulk Hogan has got a bar on Clearwater Beach, a sports bar. And they do karaoke on Monday nights. Jimmy Hart, if you're a wrestling fan, you're a wrestling fan, you know Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart, who was in a band, who was successful prior to his wrestling career out of Memphis, Tennessee. Yes. And uh, he does the karaoke. Hogan shows up every Monday uh, with his wife and, and, and his, uh, his sidekick, Ronnie, who does everything for him. And Hogan is... is his shop there, the beat shop. But anyway, so I went two Mondays ago and it was packed. And I'm like, all right, I tried to see Hulk, but it was so packed. Flair was there and I was just like, and he already had a couple drinks in him because I, I did like, Hulk, Hulk, it's rock. Girl. He just looked right past me like he didn't even recognize him. And it was so crowded and it was their night. So I wanted to check it out. It's probably a good half hour, 35 minute drive from where I live. I don't like to be drinking a couple of beers and then driving a distance back. That's not cool. So I went there. It was packed. I, I, it was like standing room only at the bar. And I said, hey, just give me uh, just give me a draft. You know, give me a draft. Yeah, boom. Okay. And this guy goes, I got it. And he was a younger guy. And I'm like, oh, thanks, dude. And I thought, oh, maybe the guy recognizes me. <laughs> this doesn't happen much anymore. <laughs> Years when I was on local TV every night for a half hour show, 
that you would get recognized? Not much anymore. But now and then it happens. More for my voice. Like, oh, you, you, I know that voice. But anyway, and this young guy, and I'm like, thanks, man. And I thought, does he know? Like, if, what, what guy does that to a guy that you don't know at all? And I said, where are you from, man? He's like, Pennsylvania. He, he's a bricklayer. And he's like, he, he was down here on vacation. And he said, I am definitely coming back here. There's so much money to be made, especially some of these ritzy communities. The hell with being back up there in the winter. I'm coming back down here for fuck for six months and I am going to make money and I love it down here and I love this and I love that. And, I'm, and he, he liked Hogan and Flair and he, he goes, this is my favorite bar. This is my favorite bar. And he's here on vacation. I said, well, good for you. What's your name, man? I forget his name. It might have been Johnny. And once I, so then I thanked him. Then I tried to get over. I got some video of Flair that I can post and Hulk when he came in. And I was trying to say hello to Hulk because I'm trying to work something. Not a work, a work, a shoot, a shoot, a work. But anyway, I couldn't get near. It was so crowded, so crowded, which is good for their business. And then I saw that guy, Johnny, uh, and then he was videotaping his friend that did a uh, Rage Against the Machine. It was It's karaoke. It's karaoke night, by the way, Monday. And karaoke is not my thing. Usually the karaoke is bad karaoke. I do not want to sit and hear bad singing at, when I'm at a bar. Like I'm there to buy, you know, drink my beer and chill. And usually I don't, but this, the first guy that sang was really good, but this guy that was doing Rage Against the Machine, Hogan just was like, what, what is this? Looking, huh? Flair did not understand that one. Uh, and, but anyway, and I saw him and then I didn't see him. And then it was so crowded and I was near, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get out of here. So here I am telling you that common courtesy is to always send a drink back. I bet you I'm going to run into this guy again. And he said he's definitely going to be back down here. I hope he is. If he said Hogan's Hangout is his favorite bar, I'm sure I'll see him and I can't wait so I can return that favor. But anyway, it was, uh, you know, loyalty, just like Pat Donovan has invited me on his show. And then I'm going to return that favor. So there you go. All righty. Uh, yeah, no backup plan. Confidence. I, I jogged down a couple of things. Um, here, here, here's, here's something else. Hey, you got to be confident. If you're not confident in going for a, a job, it's going to come through. Like if you're not confident in your ability, then what makes you think that the boss that's going to hire you is going to give you that gig? You got to have that confidence. You got to be prepared and be confident. Now they had a huge last week, a huge college women's softball tournament, you know, fast pitch, Michigan, LSU, all around the country. And they had it in Clearwater, this Eddie Seymour complex. Now, I went to this thing a couple of years ago. I just walked in. It was probably like five bucks or 10 bucks. And when I say a couple of years ago, everything now is like, sometimes that's 10 years ago. I'm like, really? You know? Yeah, just a couple of years ago. No, that was seven years ago, dude. <laughs> Do you, are you the same way as you get older? It's like, oh, oh, 2008. Yeah, that wasn't too long ago. Hell yeah, it was. You know, are you that way? That's the way I am now. Anyway, maybe it's my Anheuser's, my, my brain, so many. But anyway, so uh, I I saw on social media Tiffany Green. I used to work with her at Bright House Sports Network, and she is a lovely young lady, great personality, very very nice. And when I was there, towards the end. She got a job at ESPN and I was so happy for her. You know how sometimes guys, people get jealous like, oh, son of a bitch. How come I can't get that gig? Sometimes it's normal because that's human behavior. But for the most part, I'm happy and I was happy for her. And uh, she was out of Orlando, even though she's from the Tampa Bay area. She was working at CFN, Central Florida News, same, same, same company but she was working out of Orlando and she was doing a lot of high school reporting and things like that. But she didn't, she never had done play by play of the high school football games that we used to do on bright house sports network. There was this Drew Felios and they had a guy over there, Austin lion. 
And so she did sideline reporting, but she never did play-by-play. So anyway, and she got a job at ESPN. I was like, wow. So she came over to the Tampa office one day and I said, Tiffany, congratulations. That's awesome. How did, did you get this gig by an agent? Did you have a really good agent that got you this gig? And she's like, no, I didn't have any agent. Basically since college for the last, I don't know, five years or so, she would write and email this person who was in charge of hiring at ESPN. And she stayed on it. She said, I, w- I wouldn't bother him. You know, you don't want to be an, an obnoxious a-hole, but you want to show your consistency. And so for like five years, she continued to email this person every couple of months for five years. And then finally, he something must have clicked where he said, let's give her an interview. And she went through the interview process and got a gig. How about that? That is, that is want to. I had slacked off so much. You know, sometimes you, you send out an email, oh, you don't get a response. Or you send out an email and you get a rejection. And then maybe you try again. And then you just, what do you do? You're just like, ah, that person doesn't like me or whatever. No, you got to stay with it. So anyway, I follow her on social media and I saw that, oh, she's doing this huge college women's softball on ESPN Plus and ESPN. Oh, and it's right down the street in Clearwater, right down where I live, McMullen Booth. Oh, that thing that I used to go to. You know what? I'm going to try to go over there. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll even bring my gear. I've done that on the fly for some of these podcasts. It works out better if you have it set up and you sit down, you have a nice long conversation. <laughs> That's the best way. But sometimes with a name, sometimes you got to go, what you got, you got to be prepared. So, and then Michelle uh, Smith, she is a two-time Olympic gold medalist in women's softball. And she is like the Babe Ruth in Japan. She hits home runs and she's tall. She throws really hard. I've been at some of these celebrity baseball slash softball games where she will strike out major leaguers. They can't even touch her. That windmill. And I've seen it. And she is so cool. She is so nice. I've always had a great vibe with her. And I was like, oh, she's there. Oh, she's doing the main games on ESPN. Oh, my God. All right. You know what? I told Emily, I said, I'm going to go over there. I don't have a credential. It was already going on. I only saw it that day, the next day. And I told Emily, I go, you know what? Oh, and it's like now $30 a ticket, uh, 24 and something right there. If you go on $30 all day, $30. It was just like $10. I thought it was a couple of years ago. It was probably eight, nine years ago. Everything is so much more. The inflation, everything, everything. Are you making that much more money now? No, I, I, I don't get it. But anyway, so I'm like, shit, I am not going to pay $30 to try to go to just try to say hello to Michelle and Tiffany. But maybe, you know what? I've done this before on the fly. Maybe I'll hang in the parking lot. Oh, see when they come in there and I'm lurking. And I actually told my wife, I go, I know that I can park across the street. There's a bridge that goes over this road called McMullen Booth. Maybe I can even sneak in. I actually thought that. I thought that. So I went down there and I went later in the day. The tournament starts. This is all day. There are schools, universities around the country. You talk about an economic impact in the Pinellas County area. Oh, my God. So I parked across the street in this little park. Being a local, I know where it is. I walked over this bridge over the highway, McMullen Booth Road. I went down, I walked around, and then I saw one of the security guys, and I said, hey, man, where, where's the line to get tickets? He goes, oh, it's sold out. I'm like, sold out? Sold out. They have like four fields, five fields. It's outdoors. Sold out. He's like, yeah, sold out. I said, shit. All right, well, there's two people I want to know. Where's the ticket play? He goes, right over there is that. Maybe you can talk to them. So I walk over and said to the guy, how you doing, man? I said, listen, honestly, I'm in the media. There's two people that I want to interview. Do I have to pay 30 bucks for the whole day? He's like, well, you can't today, but tomorrow. Yeah, that's how it goes. I said, all right. Well, let me just see how it goes. So then I go over and oh, will call. And they have three, it looked like college students 
at this tent will call or guest passes. And I said, you know who the media contact is? And they're like, no clue. I don't know. I said, you know what? I'll try to go online. Visit, is it visit St. Pete, Clearwater? And I said, no, I think it's ESPN. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, oh, my God. But it just blew me away that the amount of fans that came. And you know what? It's gorgeous weather. We're, we're Here we are in fe- late February, right? It's 80 degrees. So if you're from Michigan, you're from Notre Dame, your daughter is playing college softball, Hell yeah, the family's going to come to Clearwater, maybe stay at Clearwater Beach, maybe here, go to the beaches, go to, ten, you know, and see some softball. And the kids, they're not in snow. They're not in a gym. I get it. It was amazing. Now, I don't know how it was sold out because there's fields. There's plenty of room. But anyway, so my point is, and then I was like, wow, it's so crowded. I'm not, you know what? I'll just direct message, especially Michelle, because she was lived in Japan She's going to have an interesting story, and I do, but I only only because of social media, and I I don't follow like women's college softball. I wouldn't have any idea, but I saw that it was there. Boom, go. So when I was walking around the bend, and it was right where all the live TV trucks are, and the gate was actually open, and I laughed, and I thought to myself, "Wow, there's no security here." I could actually walk right in through that gate, go behind those live trucks and sneak in. And I thought, can you imagine if I got caught sneaking in to a women's college softball tournament, no credential and didn't want to buy a $30 a day ticket? And, and, and can you imagine? And then if somebody saw me and then took a picture and then it was like, look, and what if they, I don't think they'd have me put my hands behind my back? <laughs> I was like, but yet I looked and the gate was wide open. And then I thought, you know what? With these big NEP, these big, big TV trucks that they have, I'm sure that there are cameras in this parking lot. There's probably a billion dollars worth of equipment with all these live trucks. Close anyway, Right. And I just laughed. I just laughed. I said, it's not worth trying to sneak in. And, and at this age, and, and getting called, oh, my God. But anyway, 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 anyway. All righty. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Are you addicted to your phone? I must say, I am addicted to my phone. If I leave the house and don't have it, whoa, I feel like I'm not in touch with anything. And I, it's ridiculous. Now, I it would be a good idea to just take a break from the phone, from social media. I know it's good for you. The last time that I did that was, I would say, four years ago, four years ago, four and a half years ago. Yes. Four and a half years ago. It was the, I had no idea it was going to be the last year that I was working at this TV station, Beta's Nine Bright House. And it was in the summer and we were going on a cruise. I've never been on a cruise and it was a family thing. It was for my mother-in-law, her birthday and Emily and my daughter was very excited and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it turned out to be great. The food is unbelievable. But now, ever since I had my gallbladder operation, like I don't eat big meals. And I don't, I don't really crave it to have the big meals, you know. I was, before I had my gallbladder surgery a year and a half ago, I was like 205, 208 that's too much. I'm only five foot ten. It's way too much. My perfect weight is about 185. When I had this attack and the operation, I was down to 160, 64, 65. That doesn't look good. Skinny neck, skinny arm. Like, it didn't look good. So then you eventually start getting back into old habits. Right now, I'm at about 185, right where I want to be. But I got to be careful because... You start eating a lot more 
and you go back to the way you were. I'll never forget David Letterman when he had his triple bypass and he said he was giving up caffeinated coffee and then, uh, you know, not fattening foods, this and that. And then a year later, it was about a year, year and a half later, he goes, he went back like to caffeinated coffee. Like you kind of go back. It's those, you know, maybe you ever hear people that get their stomach stapled and sometimes they eat through that, you know? And so, um, I was just thinking about like the cruise, like to go on a cruise, so many people love it because you have so much food at your disposal and it's just, that would not be my thing anymore. Or you just have to take real, real small portions, um, but here's another thing. But my point of this whole story is when we went on this cruise, you can actually pay extra to have Wi-Fi. And it ain't cheap. I remember that. And it was like, no. And Emily, our whole family, none of us, we were taking a break from our phone. And for the first couple of nights and days, you're like, you're used to like reaching down for your phone, seeing what's going on. And then once you hit Day number three, four, five, you don't, you don't miss it. You don't miss it. My daughter went to camp, sleepaway camp in Georgia, North Georgia, this past summer. She's an only child here. It's how she entertains herself from TikTok. TikTok is the big thing. She's 12. TikTok is huge. YouTube. She's got her certain shows that she watches. All three of us now, myself, my wife, Addie, like in the evening, if it's time we're all just chilling, we're all watching whatever we want to watch on our phones. We do not. Sometimes Emily sits down with Addie and we'll watch a show that Addie likes. Some of these shows. I sit for a little bit, but I, oh my God, I can't take these sitcom kids. Ah. Uh, but uh, just like I wouldn't expect her to like my shows, but it's so weird. Like times have changed. Do you, do you guys with your family all sit down and watch the same show? Maybe you do. Maybe you do. I'm suspecting not because when I see the ratings for shows, it's so hard to get ratings because you have so many different uh, opportunities. But anyway, I'll notice that I know someone that works in the cruise industry. And this woman, who's really nice, a really cool person, I like her a lot. She works in the cruise line industry. She goes away for long stretches. Now, she hadn't been because of the pandemic. She's, she posts at least two times a day on her Instagram. And it isn't like she's in the business. Like when I'm posting, it's for Bucks fans. It's for stuff that I'm doing for this podcast if I'm doing something for the Tampa Free Press or what I'm covering, most of the time, I'll throw in something that my family will be doing just to break it up, you know. But it's not like I'm posting, you know, what I'm having for dinner, where I'm going now, like every single place she posts all the time. And here she is on the cruise. She's posting just as much as she did. No break. No break at all. And... You know, so, and here I am, look, I'm not, I'm not putting her down. That's her. It's just that when I'm talking about this and I'm, this is a reality check. Like I have not taken a break from my phone, like just away from everything. No Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram, no YouTube, no anything, no anything. It's been four years, four and a half years. That's kind of sad when I think about it right now, right? So maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it this summer. We'll see. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but it's, isn't it strange, man, how we are so addicted to our phones? Where's my phone? Where's my phone? The other day I thought I lost my wallet and my phone. And it was almost like, I got to get my phone more than my wallet. Yeah, I'll cancel my credit cards. I'll eventually get something. You know what I mean? Isn't that something? It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, listen, my thanks to Pat Donovan. Uh, I got another media, media person, a talk show host, very successful, has undergone something. Wow, man, it ain't easy and has made it through. That I am planning on for next week. 
you never know. I still have a play-by-play NHL friend of mine. I don't want to keep pushing him back because he's a good dude. We taped that in a beautiful hotel. Uh, so I got him. Oh, oh, and by the way, my announcement, I am going to the NFL Combine. Yeah, yeah, in a couple of days. So I'm pumped about that. I've covered a lot of big events, but believe it or not, I've never covered the NFL Combine. It's a who's who in the NFL from coaches, GMs, staff, media, insiders, um, the prospects. I'm not into the height, the weight, how much they can bench press, how, what their vertical is. You know, that's, that, I'm not an excess in those guys. I am going to try to garner some big names for this rock stops here hopefully in the cold in indianapolis i'm heading on out so i'm looking forward to getting on out of dodge going into the winter for a couple of days and seeing and get back in the swing of things man so i cannot wait so we'll see what i bring back hopefully it's some good stuff all righty all righty all righty all right hang in there hopefully uh hopefully things are going okay for you man And if not, better days are ahead if you keep a positive attitude. You really have to. And like what Pat Donovan's advice is, there is no plan B. (laughs) Oh, my wife hates that. Looking for studios in the Tampa Bay area to record your podcast? Radio Influence can help. With two studios on either side of the bay, Radio Influence has you covered. Engineered and produced by longtime radio professionals, achieve the excellence in podcasting that you and your listeners deserve. For more information or to schedule studio time, email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. Radio Influence, the future is now.